All right, joining me today on the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery, we have a special guest, a good friend of mine, Abby Parr, professional photographer based out in Seattle, former CSU Ram. I guess you're a CSU Ram for life, so I shouldn't say former CSU Ram, former CSU student. Abby, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. This is my first podcast, so I'm excited. It's it's great to have you on. I, I honestly should have had you on here sooner. <laughs> Don't know what I was thinking. Um, we're going to go over all kinds of stuff today. We're going to talk about just some of your favorite memories at CSU, some of your favorite spots in Old Town, fun stuff like that. And then obviously I got a bunch of photography questions for you because I don't think people really understand like what actually goes into being a professional photographer. Mm-hmm. And given that you're one of the best photographers that I know, I think you can provide some of those answers. Yeah, definitely. I'm happy to go over anything and kind of break down um, what goes on behind the scenes in sports photography. Excellent. Excellent. Before we get into this, though, I do got to talk about the 15 can sampler offered by Breckenridge Brewery. This is the best bet for variety. If you're having a 4th of July barbecue, you got to be careful, guys. Wash your hands, stay socially distanced. But if you are doing that, grab a 15 can sampler from Breckenridge Brewery. It'll make your party a hit a little bit of Hot Peak IPA, a little bit of Avalanche Ale, all the fun stuff. You can get it delivered right to your door through Drizzly, or you can check out Davidson's, which is a great locally-based liquor store. They got two locations, one in Centennial, one in Highlands Ranch. Shout out to Breckenridge. Have so much love for those guys. All right. Um, so before you, were a, before you were an award-winning sports photographer, you were like me, you know, just a lowly student media employee kind of slumming it i'm (laughs) curious you know when you think back to those times what kind of stands out to you um what stands out to me i think was how great the colorado state university athletic department was with helping me really get my career started um it was all it was really great because when i was working for the student newspaper um i was pretty much the only person that wanted to photograph sports so they um i would always volunteer and i would get to shoot pretty much everything from football, the basketball, volleyball, pretty, pretty much any sport event at uh, Moby Arena, I was there. Um, CSU would always give me the credentials and would help me out with getting me the access I needed on the sidelines and whatever it was that I needed. So um, it just, I was re- really fortunate that I was able to really get a handful of um, the sports events happening out there when I first transferred to CSU my sophomore year. Um, being able to shoot a wide variety of sports really helped me um, be able to um, like learn sh- learn more about like shooting different kinds of sports and um, little things that help me correct um, my photography along the way and with that versatility. So um, just being able to really shoot as-, as much as I did when I first came to CSU was really helpful. What was your favorite thing to shoot at CSU? Oh, definitely football. Um, I've been a huge football fan my entire life. Um, diehard Oregon Ducks fan. Um, so when I came to CSU my first actual like really my my first time really shooting a sports event was um the homecoming football game at um that we had at CSU and um so that that was just really cool to be there I think there was I think it was an orange out that day um a full crowd at Hughes Stadium uh, rest in peace <laughs> but um yeah it was the coolest experience um having that be my first um real sports event that I worked and I think that was um, part of what really drove my passion for sports photography was having that incredible first game, that first experience working. That's I just told myself, I want to keep shooting more events like this. 
were you surprised that there wasn't more like competition that more photographers didn't want to shoot sports because that kind of when i was the sports editor uh at the collegian that that was something that i noticed you know i kind of thought that like all the photographers would be down to shoot sports but it definitely mm-hmm. it wasn't like that at all yeah it was surprising um i part of me was kind of okay with being the only person working sports because it meant you know more for me and um and that was awesome but then again i also kind of wanted there to be more people involved with sports because I liked having people that I could share my pictures with and get tips and advice from and um, really work off of each other and help each other out. Um, So it it was surprising, but there, by the time I was a senior at CSU, there were definitely a lot more people um, interested in sports and I had more competition with getting the assignments I wanted, which was awesome and really fun. (laughs) Do you, when did you realize like you were I don't want to say better than everyone because that makes you sound like pretentious, but I mean, it was the truth. Like you were better than everyone we had. You're obviously working professionally. When did you realize like, I'm actually good enough to make a living at this? I think when I first realized, you know, I'm I'm doing some things right and I'm um, headed places that I want to go. I think it was when I got my job, my junior year working for um, the Colorado Rockies. Um, I, my timing ended up, I got really lucky with that because they had ended up um, not hiring back their um, their photography team from the year before. So there's some positions open um, and I ended up applying and I um, got the job and that was um, so cool to work my, my first ever Rockies games and um, to really um, be working in actual professional sports. Um, it was a really cool jump from um, college sports to um, professional. Um, and that was kind of my first, um, I'm making it moment, I guess. <laughs> What's, is it hard to find like a balance when you're shooting? Do you get like a lot of direction or were they kind of just like, you know, do they just kind of like trust your vision for what is, what makes a good photograph? Yeah. Um, a lot of places I've worked for are different. Um, something that I, I love working about the Rockies was my boss was an, first of all, he was an incredible mentor to me. He taught me so much. Um, and he really gave me a lot of um, flexibility to do what I want and to make the pictures that I envisioned and that um, I wanted um, to try to create. Um, he would let me go walk around throughout the stadiums um, during the games, um, shoot from all kinds of cool angles, um, um, play with the, that course field light with that orange glow that goes over the sands. Um, so some my one of my favorite things about working for the Rockies was that um, pretty much all of their instructions were to just have fun and try to better yourself, um, you know, trial and error, and we're here to help you out. Were you a baseball fan before working for the Rockies? To be honest, um, I really wasn't that big of a baseball fan. Um, I was a huge basketball and football fan because my, um, my dad always had basketball and football on, so I just kind of adapted to the sports that he was always watching. Um, he was never really a baseball fan, but... Um, probably within like the first month or two that I worked for the Rockies, I pretty much learned everything I possibly could about um, about the team and about the sport. And I really quickly became a pretty big baseball fan. I do have some more questions about the Rockies, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious, just, you know, like on any given sporting event, how many photos do you think you take? Oh, man, it's it kind of depends on on which sport I'm working like with football. I definitely take the most. I would say with football, I take at least 1500 to 2000 pictures per game, but baseball with the Rockies, probably more around a thousand. 
but um kind of depends on the game and if there's like really cool light or you know something really cool that I can play with then I'll take you know I'll just fire my frames off like crazy and take a lot more you know this is I know this is kind of putting you on the spot but like out of you know that 1500 how many would you say are probably like usable (laughs) yeah I would say probably about I usually send about 100 to 200 pictures per game Um, And then out of those like 100 to 200, there are probably like around five or six that I would consider that I really like and what I consider maybe putting on my website. Um, So that's something that I really, I get asked that a lot. And especially with photographers starting out, um, I used to have this like envision that I would, um, I used to always just look at all these really good photographers websites and see all these really great pictures and think, oh, I want to go get this picture um you know they make it look so easy but what you don't realize is that these pictures on everyone's websites they go through hundreds of thousands of pictures to to get these you know favorite 100 or so pictures on their website um so that's something that people don't really i don't i never really at least thought a whole lot about in with sports photography until i was thrown into the situation is um how many um pictures you have to go through to get the ones that you like do you have do you feel like your editors are pretty like in line with you most of the time in terms of like you think this is a good picture they end up using that picture versus like you know being let down because they're not picking the ones that you like yeah um that's yeah the definitely something that um that helps me become a good photographer is to know like what my editors like and what they're looking for um they always want we call it like the bread and butter which is the storytelling picture so with baseball the pitchers throwing the ball or, you know, the, um, the quarterbacks throwing the ball and, or Damian Lillard, you know, taking a shot during a game. Um, as soon as you get the bread and butter that your, um, editors are really wanting, then you can go be creative and try to play around more and, um, get more, um, just different pictures. How crucial is it to actually have like a firm understanding of the action happening in front of you? Like, you know, when you, when you watch a football game, I got to imagine like actually under, given that you were a football fan growing up, I got to think like that would have been an advantage because, you know, you know, like contextually this moment is going to matter. Like I should probably try and get a picture. Definitely. Somebody who's just like kind of out there, like I'll get some pictures of the crowd and the cheerleaders and all that. Yeah. It's, um, that's definitely, that's something that, um, really goes into a lot of like the behind the scenes of sports photography is you have to know who you're photographing and um, who the stars are on the player or on the teams. Um, of course, when I'm working like a Seahawks game, I'm going to um, shoot Russell Wilson like crazy. And I'm going to get Pete Carroll and all of the, our good players. Um, I remember when I um, had my, my first ever um, assi- phot- photography assignment in New York with the company I worked intern for um, Getty images. Um, my first assignment was photographing the U S open. And I honestly didn't know anything about tennis because I, my, <laughs> my dad never had tennis on when I was younger and I didn't even know like how the scoring went or anything, which is really bad. But like the night before, um, they wanted the open, I was on YouTube, like YouTubing, like the rules to tennis and everything, like who the players are to look out for. I mean, obviously I knew players like Serena Williams and, you know, uh, Roger Federer, but, um, I was doing all this research the night before. Cause I, um, if I wasn't prepared, I wouldn't know. Um, I wouldn't be able to, to know like when match point was and who to have my camera on to get that reaction when they won or um, all these things that um, my editors would not be happy with if I'd missed because I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've already like 
you know, you've mentioned Serena Williams, Damian Lillard. I know you've shot LeBron. Mm-hmm. Who, who do you think had you feeling the most starstruck? It's a good question. Um, Serena Williams was um, probably, um, was definitely one of the players that had me the most starstruck. Um, I was really bummed because when I was um, photographing the U.S. Open um, right after college, when I had moved to New York, she had um, just recently had her child. Um, so she wasn't participating in the open. I was really bummed about that. Um, but now a few years later, she was actually in Everett, Washington, a couple months ago, um, for the Fed Cup qualifiers. And, um, I was able to photograph her from a few feet away. And at one point she almost crashed into me, which was really cool. I was kind of hoping she would, because it'd be a cool story. (laughs) But, um, Serena Williams was someone, um, I'd really wanted to shoot before, um, when I almost had the chance to at the open, but didn't. Um, so I was really happy that I finally got to photograph her. What would you say is is the event that you've shot that you were like the most psyched to be there? I would probably say um, this was again when I was living in New York. I photographed um, the Eagles game against who was it? It was either the Vikings or Atlanta. I can't remember. It's one of I think it was Atlanta. Um, yeah, they um, they're playing Atlanta um, to, and whoever won wins this. Oh no, <laughs> sorry, it was against um, it was against the Vikings. Yeah. And whoever it was, the Eagles versus Vikings, and whoever won went to the Super Bowl. And you know, uh, Philly has a reputation for their fans being ridiculously crazy and loud, and you know all that. Um, so being there in, in person with the game where um, whoever won went to the Super Bowl, I don't know if I'll ever be in a stadium that loud ever again. Um, that atmosphere was just absolutely unreal. Um, and then the Eagles ended up winning. That was the year that they um, won the won the Super Bowl. Um, so to see that reaction from their fans, knowing that they're going to the Super Bowl and also the players' reactions of everyone crying on the field and being so happy, it was something I'll always remember. That's incredible. And just like, I love that, you know, like your images from events like this kind of live on. Like, unfortunately, we as a society don't like do enough to credit the people that actually take the photographs and like, you know, memorialize these moments for eternity we share these images all over and Mm -hmm. a lot of the times like they don't even credit the photographers some of the bigger outlets are getting a little bit better about it because i think the Mm -hmm. the conversation around a credit crediting you know photographers is changing is -hmm. that frustrating to you like when you see your picture get shared all over and not get used or are you just kind of like at this point stoked Mm -hmm. to see that people like it yeah, there are definitely a lot of times when I see my pictures being used and I, I say, oh, hey, I recognize that picture, but then there's no photo credit at all. Um, it, it's definitely um, not a really good feeling, but unfortunately, there's not a whole lot that it's kind of out of my control um, what, I, um, what I can do with that. But um, it just makes you want to work harder and um, hope that one day people will respect photographers more. <laughs> Somebody that has to shoot his own pictures most games because... CSU with them being bad the last couple of years they're just they're not sending photographers up there. even USA Today and stuff like they just haven't been around so you know I learned pretty quickly like oh yeah this is like a massive pain in the ass to do by myself when I'm also like trying to do everything else and I mean I, I I feel like I always respected the work that photographers did and like tried really hard to like be like no like check out all these dope photographers we have look at everything they're doing they're making our product better but mm-hmm. just like going out and trying to do it myself, like in the middle of the game, it, it like completely changed my perspective. Yeah. 
I I give you mad credit for that. I would I don't know how you juggle from taking pictures and also writing articles after. Um, I mean, doing one of them is hard enough, yet alone two. So I give you a lot of credit for that. Well, the, what happens is I just get a lot of like really mediocre pictures, but that's fine. You know, I, I enjoy it. Like I'm getting better and it's been like a fun hobby, but it's exactly. also just, it shows me, you know, like everybody feels like they can be a photographer, especially like with iPhones and everything, like the capability that you have just in your pocket. But like, mm-hmm. it still takes somebody that actually like knows what they're doing. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's a lot of times I think back to what I was saying earlier with how the probably 100 or so pictures on my website, it's taken me probably a hundred thousand at least pictures to get to get to the, that point, to get those pictures. So it's so much trial and error and it's really frustrating sometimes, but it makes it um, so much better when you get the, the final product of what you're finally looking for. When you're, when you're out on assignment, Mm-hmm. Are you using your own equipment? Is this equipment that's provided for you by, you know, who you're shooting for? Is it like yours, but you yeah. have it insured? How does that whole process work? Um, yeah, so everything that I shoot with, I've had to pay for my own. Um, it's pretty, fortunately, it's pretty hard to um, work somewhere that provides um, their, that provides your own equipment for you. Um, so stuff's expensive. Um, but yeah, everything that I have, I've... Um, I've uh, had to um, get on my own, but um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, that's one of the hardest things about the, about photography is just being able to get your own equipment. Cause it's as much as I hate to admit it, having um, better qu- quality um, equipment can really um, help out your, um, can really help out your, your pictures and your quality. And um, so when photographers are first starting out and a lot of them have um, the cameras I used to have when I was starting out, like Canon rebels and, um, the really basic equipment, um, unfortunately, it's not going to get you like the really crisp pictures that you're looking for and the pictures that make, you know, be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Um, so photography equipment is incredibly important. And it sucks that it's uh, really hard to get the opportunity to have the equipment that you really need to capture the really beautiful crisp pictures that you want. Um, but it's, uh, it is what it is. And it's um, something that we just have to work around. How many times, like, have you ever been run over by, you know, the, the athletes coming and crashing into the sideline or anything like that? I have a few times. Um, the first time I ever really had that happen, it was a CSU game in Hollywood, um, kind of ran into me. And then it was funny because my, I think my mom or someone was watching the game on TV and I gave him, I didn't even realize I did this, but I accidentally gave him like the biggest death glare ever. Like, <laughs> me too or anything and I'm just like oh my god he probably thinks I'm like so mean but I was actually like deep down smiling inside like oh my god that was so cool um so that was my first encounter um and then I had um I think my most recent one was Carmelo Anthony actually ran into me um he was running for a rebound and he ended up just like sliding into the fans um and um some old lady was sitting behind me and had to like get ice on her knee um (laughs) but he was really cool was like checking up on her and um, all the trailblazers, if if that ever happens where they're, um, you know, someone m- might get run into, they're always super nice and concerned about the fans. Um, so it was a cool story. You know, what's funny is when, before I got into media, I always kind of assumed that the photographers, the media, everybody on the sidelines, like they probably like annoy the athletes and therefore the athletes don't care <laughs> if they run through them. But they, yeah. at least in my experience, everything that I've seen, they, they, kind of freak out when they accidentally run over the photographers so mm-hmm. that is good yeah. they, they don't want to run over abby if they don't have to <laughs> yeah 
Uh, I was actually kind of bummed too that Car- Carmelo didn't run into me harder because that would have been so cool to say I had the black eye from Carmelo Anthony, but maybe next year if he comes back with the Blazers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, my uh, Carmelo was like my first favorite professional. I mean, him and LeBron because they came in oh, the yeah. same year, but I was like in the third grade and that's when I just really started to get into basketball. Yeah, so yeah, I'm was- always team Melo. I know he's not as popular anymore, but. Yeah, because he played for the Nuggets, right? Yeah. Point, yeah. Back back in the glory years. Although yeah. we're, we're coming back up. Yeah. Yeah, he's been up to a lot of teams lately. You know, out out in the Northwest, I'm, I'm curious, what do you, do you still enjoy shooting football the most? Or I got to imagine Blazers games are a blast with Damian Lillard. Yeah, every sport that I work, there's something, some kind of element about um, that sport with the, and with the teams that I get to shoot that I, um, that I just like that really makes me like that sport so much more in a way than the others. Um, but of course, I mean, Seahawks, are, you really can't beat Seahawks. I mean, with that crowd and with the 12s, it's just absurd. I mean, I was earlier talking about how incredibly loud um, it was at Link- Lincoln Financial Field and I was photographing the Eagle playoff games. But I mean, Century Lake is just right behind there. I mean, those fans, every game, even if they might be, um, you know, maybe late in the fourth quarter and they're down, they give it their all and they're so loud there. Um, and Russell Wilson is like the most humble, coolest player ever. Um, I've had a couple of little counters with him, like walking through, like back to the, um, my photo editing area while I'll like pass him in the locker rooms and he'll kind of like, you know, just say hi to and acknowledge everyone. And he is just seriously like the night, the cool, like the nicest person. Um, and then of course, Blazer games, um, Portland, I mean, I, I think I worked almost every the majority of the, um, all their games last season. And I think just about every game looked like it was close to being sold out. Um, so kind of like the Seahawks, I mean, Portland um, just appreciates their team so much and they're always there supporting them no matter what, even if like last year um, was kind of a more difficult year with their, um, with Nurkic being injured and Zach Collins and some, you know, Rodney Hood and I can go on with all our injuries. Um, I love just being at um, teams where no matter um working games where no matter like what the score is no matter um you know how your season's going the fans are going to be there supporting you hyping up your team it's really cool gotta take a shot at Nurkic because I don't like him but that's okay because <laughs> I know you're a Portland fan so yeah. we're gonna keep it polite <laughs> yeah I was um at the game when he broke his leg last year and I pray to oh, God man. that's the worst injury I ever have to experience in my entire life because I was right there in front of it and it was um a really hard sight to see. Could you hear it? I I heard it. I didn't really like process that it was that. That's what, what it was. I heard was yeah. like breaking until after when I like re and I actually went and watched the video and you could hear it snap in the video. Oh. I was like, oh, that's what I heard. That's gnarly. Yeah, that was one of the hardest scenes I've ever had to see. Just I mean, because of the amount of pain he was in, but also the um seeing the look on all um dame and coach stott's face um the whole team just looked like they're about to start crying i told i mean just like working sports in general changes your perspective on everything i mean i remember being on the sideline when i worked for csu football even before i did media but like the first time i was up close to someone when they tore their acl and like just hearing like Mm -hmm. the pain and can see it in their face like this how scared they are of the uncertainty and I don't know, it just exactly. it, it humanizes everything, but oh yeah. Speaking yeah, of the Blazers, um, you know, you have obviously big news for you recently with your photo being selected for the cover of NBA 2K21. Mm-hmm. What a big deal! Congratulations! Thank you, Thank you so much. I actually um, 
right before this just um, pre-ordered my coffee. So I'm super excited for whenever it is I get it. <laughs> they made you pay for it still? <laughs> well, I figured I'll probably at least get a couple copies. So I'll probably have to pay for one at least. So <laughs> that's, you know. that's fair, I guess. But <laughs> So like, did you know before the general public or did it just like come out and you're like, oh crap, that's my picture? I had no idea. Um, I, what I, what happened when I found out was I, um, the morning that it was released, I went on Twitter and Instagram and I was looking around and I, and I, I think it, it was Dane that, um, posted the picture of, of the cover. And I remember looking at it and thinking, oh, I think I might've taken that picture of him flexing in the background. But since I was, I was like half asleep, I ended up just going back to bed and telling myself, I'm going to, you know, investigate this more when I wake up later <laughs> in a couple hours. Um, and then a couple hours later, I wake up and one of my um, freelance photographer friends texted me and said, hey, not sure if you've seen this yet, but I think your photograph of Dame is on the cover of um, 2K. You might want to, you know, go check the, uh, check this out. And um, just by the way, if no one else has texted you this. So then I was like, OK, like I got to go check this out now. So um, I went and looked through all of my pictures um, from this last year of Dame. And soon enough, it was um, a game against um, the Pacers from a couple months ago. and he, um, the shot of him flexing was because he had just made um, a shot and um, he had just made a shot that, or sorry, You're good. Um, it was a picture of Dame flexing um, against the Pacers from a few months ago. And um, he was flexing and all hyped because he had just made a, um, a basket against the Pacers that he um, was fouled for and um, made it. So um, he was all stoked about that. Um, but it was crazy when I took that picture, I never in a million years would have thought it would end up on the cover of 2K. How does like the process of ownership work? So I imagine like when you take a picture for someone, they then have the right to like do with that image as they please. Yeah, um, I'm not quite sure if something like you know, a two K cover is different. Um, you know, um, it's different at all. But I know that with most um, you know outlets, if let's say you know, some newspaper wants my picture, they can just go on the on the website and um, pay pay for which uh, whichever size they want and um from my understanding they can just do what they want with it um but i'm not sure if something like a um, video game cover is different at all um since there are like so many copies of it you know made and everything um i think that might be a little bit different um i'm not entirely sure like logistics behind it i it's i guess it'd be no different than like me going on the usa today images site which is what dnvr pays for and like you know taking a picture and creating like a graphic with it but it just feels slightly different because it's like me sharing that on Twitter versus like people spending $80 a copy for, you know, this, I don't know. Basically what I'm saying is I think that you should get some money for being on the, for having your picture be the cover of 2K. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely, um, the way it works with basketball is I get a cut of what sells. um, So I'll be checking my statements in a couple months. Uh, what it actually went for <laughs> so when abby rolls in in uh in, in a new car and fancy shades <laughs> next time she comes to town we know what happens that 2k oh. benefit <laughs> probably won't be that much but hey you never know <laughs> <laughs> dream big you gotta dream big exactly <laughs> all right we'll uh we'll wrap it up here but i did have a couple of things i wanted to ask you about just your time in fort collins csu just like some fun stuff that i like to to bring in so first of all if if you're coming to you're coming to Old Town, mm-hmm. where where are you going to eat first? Where is your number one spot? It's been a while. You're hungry. You're in Foco. Where are you going? You know, 
a lot of people are probably going to give me crap for this, but I really never really ate in Old Town. I would go um, oh, on that street, whatever the street is called, where, you know, fuzzies and everything was. Um, Off Elizabeth, yeah. Yeah, Elizabeth, thanks. Yeah, I would spend so much of my time in Elizabeth rather than Old Town. Um, Old Town's yeah. kind of a hassle sometimes, though, so yeah. I get that. I would, um, I'd pretty much only go to Old Town if I was like trying to, you know, go out at night, which might be better for a different podcast to talk about. <laughs> but I mean, I would hang out at, at like Fuzzies all the time. Um, gotta give them a shout out. So many of my memories, like with, um, the, with the Collegian, CSU, and um, CTV, um, just hanging out there after, um, you know, some nights um, editing for the paper the next day and going there to get a the bulldog um so many good times there um also barcade i love barcade so um, fun yeah there are some really good places on that street um that i really do miss and i really want to go back to csu sometime just so i can hang out there again <laughs> <laughs> on my 21st birthday i was out with one of my one of one of my best friends from like childhood mm-hmm. thank god he's like a big dude like six four to like used to play wide receiver at mesa state but mm-hmm. Anyways, I got, I couldn't handle my liquor that night. It was a total <laughs> typical, like yeah. went way too hard, like couldn't walk. And some, he had to like kind of sh- shoulder carry me sort of, uh-huh. I mean, I was walking, but he was supporting all my weight as we go out. And apparently I want, like, I still tried to go to barcade at this point and the bouncer <laughs> from like across the street was just like, nope, yeah. nope, don't even <laughs> try, <laughs> pal. Yeah. yeah, At least you tried, <laughs> you know. Well, I, I mean, it, you only get to turn 21 once, so. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was in Breckenridge for my 21st. Um, my birth, my 21st was on a Sunday. So I went out on Saturday night at midnight, um, into Breckenridge. And then the actual Sunday later, um, I went to Fuzzy's that night, um, and got a fishbowl. So it was the first of many. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. I was so hungover <laughs> the next day. I went to a Rockies game with my family and because uh-huh. it was supposed to be like a celebration and they're all like offering to buy me beers and stuff. And I was like, it was hot. And I just was like, I, I can't even smell alcohol right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we all know that feeling of, the, of death. <laughs> all right, we'll jump right back into that podcast in just a second. But first, I got to talk about my friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. These days, the sports landscape is constantly evolving This week is no different. Luckily for all of us sports fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us all covered. For a limited time, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. You heard me right, guys. $1,000. This week is full of action from golf to European soccer, everything in between. We've got the hot dog eating contest this weekend. What's more American than that? That's not all. Head to the app right now and check out the special odds and promotions that will be available throughout the week to help you make it rain. DraftKings Sportsbook is US-based, making it safe, secure, and reliable. Plus, it's just super easy to deposit and withdraw your funds whenever you want. To top it all off, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering the best sign-up offer to date right now. You're not going to want to miss this. Just download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook and use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Just use that code DNVR. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times to play through. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Speaking of DraftKings Sportsbook, 
it's time I give my DraftKings pick of the week. And guys, I just I mentioned it briefly briefly a couple of seconds ago, but I I love the I love the Coney Island hot dog or the Nathan's you know hot dog eating competition in Coney Island. I watch it every year. I love the thirty for thirty that talks about you know the rivalry between Kobayashi and Chestnut and you know everything that went into that. Honestly, if you've never seen that thirty for thirty, it's it's really really interesting and it gives kind of a just a really cool behind the scenes look at what competitive eating is like, you know, like many people, I kind of only associate it with the 4th of July, but it's an all year thing. Anyways, um, <laughs> my DraftKings pick of the week is over 74 and a half hot dogs for Joey Chestnut. This guy, he's incredible. Every year he manages to outdo himself. His, his personal record so far is 74 hot dogs. DraftKings has the has the over 74 and a half listed at plus 105, but you can get an odds boost up to plus 200. I think that's just too enticing to pass up. I think it's going to be kind of weird. You know, one of the things they talk about is how the, the crowd can kind of give him, you know, some extra energy when you're when you're getting down to it. And maybe not having a crowd this year is going to take some of the energy out of it. And maybe he's not able to push himself. But I don't know. I just feel like in an indoor setting and in a controlled environment, my money's on the go. I got to rock with Chestnut. I just think he's going to do it. I think he's going to hit that over 74 and a half, throw a couple bucks on it. You know, maybe you're able to pay for your beer for the 4th of July, whatever it is. You know, it's just, it just makes everything a little bit more fun. Everything is better when you have some skin in the game. Shout out to DraftKings. I have a really important question for you, though. This This is... Maybe the most important question I've asked you this entire podcast, and okay. that is Cosmos or Crazy Carl's? You're not going to be happy with my answer, but uh, definitely Cosmos. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's you the know, best people that break your heart, guys. Okay. It's the best people. You know, I just love their spicy ranch so much. And my sister used to live right next to um, Cosmos and we would go there all the time at like 2 a.m. Um, so I just have some really great memories at Cosmos of hanging out with my sister and, um, oh, what's that one place right next to it? Um, road 34. Road um, 34. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like going to road 34 for, uh, what was it? What was that special? They had like two dollar beers on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Dollar beers. And then stopping at Cosmos on the way back, um, from my sister's place. Um, you know, there are just some really great memories that I've had there. So I can't hate on that. That's no fair. I can't no, be both like, are great options. You can't go actually wrong with the time with your sister sucked. Sorry. But no. <laughs> no. I gotta go back and make some new memories at uh, Crazy Carl's. <laughs> Honestly, like I've come a little bit around on Cosmos. I had it probably like two or three months ago, and I was like, all right, I, this isn't as bad as I make it out to be. But I've been so strong in my stance for so long that I kind of just gotta stick with it. Because that, that, that's just where I'm at now. Yeah gotta stay loyal <laughs> what's but, uh what's your favorite spot like on the csu campus thinking about it this can be kind of ambiguous you know like maybe it's somewhere you hung out maybe it was just the building you like to have class in yeah what, you know what stands out to you honestly like when i think back to my um time at csu i think i i definitely spent the most amount of time anywhere um in in our newsroom um just hanging out there whether it was like between classes um just killing time or um, being there editing pictures, getting ready for our photo desk meetings, um, planning newspaper for the next day. Um, I mean, I I met probably like 90% of my friends that I made at CSU through 
um, through the Collegian and CTV, um, and I'm so thankful for them. Um, not only did they really help advance my career, but they gave me some friends that um, I still talk to and that I'll always have great friendships with and that um, I still try to hang out with every now and then when I'm in Colorado, um, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, but the newsroom definitely gave me some of my best memories um, at CSU. And then, of course, I got to give a shout out to Skeller since it was right next to the newsroom. Um, and that was also a place that I love to hang out with, uh, hang out in between classes, um, more so when I turned 21. <laughs> but um, those were definitely my two of my favorite places that I um, really made so many great memories with, with so many great people. <laughs> I think that's, I think I miss hanging in the newsroom more than I miss just about any aspect of college. I mean, I definitely don't miss right. like exams or yeah. I mean, even like stressing like late night over paper production. Like I don't really miss that aspect of mm-hmm. it, but just like the camaraderie of it all. And I mean, we were lucky, like we worked with some very talented people, obviously like Olivia and everything she's doing in oh, New yeah. York, which is just incredible. And mm-hmm. even some people that aren't in media anymore, Chad and Eric, just a lot of really talented people. Um, mm-hmm. but Skeller, it cracks me up. Cause that's kind of like, that's like, probably wasn't the healthiest thing in the world, but it was like, Oh, I'm stressed with school and paper. And I have to figure, finish these two, uh, features before deadline. Uh, I better go slam two beers at the Skeller real quick. And then I'll come right. back. <laughs> not, you know, I'm not sure if this will make the podcast or not, but I remember my last like experience of college was, it was right before my last final ever and it was some it was like history 101 some class that I should have taken like my freshman year but never did um, <laughs> and I was like the only senior in the class but me and me and I think my one other fr- um senior friend in the class um went to the school right before and we slammed um a picture of like blue moon or What do you miss most about Colorado? Oh, I miss, um, I just love the city of Denver. And I, what I tell everyone about Colorado is that there is like, no matter like what the kind of person you are, there is, there's something for you to do out there. I mean, you have the city of Denver and you have all the four main sports. You have hockey, um, baseball, uh, basketball, football, um, some incredible sports market out there. And then, you also just a few hours away from the city. I mean, you get some of the best snowboarding in the world. Um, I was always in Breckenridge or Vail on my weekends when I wasn't photographing sports. Um, snowboarding with my sister, who now lives in Breck, um, just hanging out there and um, just the amount of things to do in Colorado is—it's so hard to beat there. Um, I mean, Washington. I'm really lucky, and I ended up moving to Washington after. Um, um later after college and there is you know good amount of stuff to do in washington but colorado i mean you get these world-class um world-class snowboarding and you get all these like incredible you know 14er hikes and all these um really cool things that you can do outdoors that you don't get in other places have you avoided some some snowboarding injuries at least in the last (laughs) couple of years because when i whenever i think back to csu i just think like i feel like every conversation i had with you you were in a cast or something (laughs) Yeah, um, had a, a couple of broken collarbones in college, but um, I think it might have been like a, some kind of Colorado curse or something because um, I've been injury free ever since I moved to Washington and I've been snowboarding here. Um, Knock on wood, quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I got to be a lot more careful now that, now that I'm working a lot more and it's um, 
it would be really hard to work a Seahawks game running around carrying all my gear with a cast on. So um got to be a lot more careful now. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Like sometimes my I'm I'm pretty lucky because one of my grandpas has Broncos season tickets in the first mm-hmm. row. And I like to like really watch the media people, obviously because I'm in it. So I nerd out over that kind of stuff, but I just like to watch kind of the photographers and how they operate like in between downs and stuff. And oh, like, yeah. they'll just like sling this massive camera over to their shoulder and take off yeah. sprinting down the sidelines. All of a sudden mm-hmm. you gotta be kind of athletic. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember after I worked that, very first game of mine um, at CSU with the homecoming game, the homecoming football game. Mm-hmm. I had never been so sore in my entire life after from running up and down that field, carrying multiple cameras with multiple lenses and, you know, the big zoom lens that you always see photographers working with. That thing weighs probably at least like 20 or 30 pounds. Like that thing is heavy. And so, so that's something people don't really ever think about is like, um, what is like how much of a physical aspect it is to be a sports photographer carrying all that gear. It's not easy, but, um, you know, it's just part of the job. Well, even beyond that, like you're up, you're down, you're moving around, you're squatting, then you got to like get on one knee and two knees and you're laying down. It's just like, oh, it's like yeah. doing burpees. You know, it's, um, it's funny because football is definitely like the most physical and exhausting sport versus, um, something I really like about basketball is I'm pretty much just sitting under the net the entire time, um, waiting for the action to come on my side of the court, um, Versus with football, I'm always like wherever the line of scrimmage is. So whenever there's like a wrestle throws like a big 40 yard pass, I'm like, oh my God, like, and I have to run <laughs> all the way down, like 40 yards <laughs> down the field with all my gear. And then by the time like I get there, he could have thrown another like 40 yard pass or something. And <laughs> it's um, definitely a lot of work, but it's so rewarding. <laughs> Need the occasional three and out to give the photographers a break. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like a timeout or something. <laughs> photographer timeout <laughs> well abby thank you so much for doing this it was it was great to catch up with you and like you know as you know i'm a massive fan of everything that you do and i think it's i don't know i just i think it's really inspiring to see you know you start you know and us shooting in moby arena and now you're off creating the the cover of 2k and and shooting russell wilson and the nfc championship and even some of the stuff you did with the Rockies. I mean, some of the, some of the photos you took with the Rockies are just like some of my favorites. I have them saved on my phone. So thank you you for doing this. You were a rock star. Tell the people where they can follow you on social media and all that stuff. Yeah. um, My Instagram is um, ABBSPAR, ABSPAR. Um, Same with my Twitter. Um, Pretty much post everything on my Instagram. Um, And I'm, I'm working on, Mariners training tomorrow so as of tomorrow I'll hopefully uh, start posting some new um, sports stuff soon now that we're getting sports back so um, yeah I'm looking forward to being back and um, yeah hopefully I'll start posting some more soon <laughs> oh wait one more thing I do gotta yeah. ask you about this because and I just remembered it because you said yeah. the Mariners mm-hmm. you were there when Ichiro hit his like 3000th hit right oh, yeah uh-huh. what was that like that was so cool um yeah that was when um he was playing for the Marlins. Um, and then it was really cool. He ended up coming back to Seattle so I could photograph him again. Um, but that, that at the time was by far the coolest event that I had ever worked and still is one of the coolest events that I worked. Um, I remember he, I think had been right around the 3000s hit for like a couple months. I don't think he was like playing too often over those last like few weeks or so that, he, um, 
Um, so a, a lot of these photographers, I remember, were just following him around for like weeks at a time. And when they got to Coors Field, they were like so tired and they were like, man, I really hope they like Ichiro hits that 3000th hit today, like today, because we've been following him around, you know, waiting for it. And then the fact that it actually happened at Coors Field and, and we were actually there for it, it was so cool. I was like, oh, there's no chance. Like, you know, it'll probably happen at the next ballpark he's at, but, and, but not, the, not at Coors Field. Um, but it ended up happening um, at Coors and it was really cool. And um, he hit a triple and I ended up being in the stands because all the photo balls were filled. I was in the stands up high on the main concourse um, shooting from the third base side. And he, I remember him um, um, reaching third base and then, um, I got like, I got really good shot of just all that, um, shot of his reaction, um, him running out to, I think it was D Gordon, he, um, ran out to hug him and, um, just the look on his face and the pictures, it was really great. And I was super lucky that he, um, came on my side of the field. I mean, that's baseball history right there. A game that's been played for, you know, almost like 150 years. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I don't know, it's probably one of the like most 100 significant moments of the entire history of the game. So that, that's pretty oh, incredible sure. that you were there. Yeah. And I really, like I said, I really didn't follow baseball that much when I was growing up, but um, I, my dad did occasionally have some Mariners games on every now and then. So I, I did get to watch him and like King Felix um, while they were playing. So the fact that it was with um, probably like the closest player I got to like, you know, watching when I was growing up. Um, a little bit of baseball that I did watch, it was really cool for it to be like a player that I had actually known when I was younger and that was still around. Definitely. I feel like Ichiro is kind of just like America's favorite player. Like I've, I've oh, never met any sports fan that was like, I hate Ichiro. It, right? What? <laughs> I know. Like if you don't like Ichiro then don't watch baseball. <laughs> but yeah, I remember I, I moved to Seattle, um, I think two years ago. And then I think like two weeks after I moved, Ichiro announced that he was retiring. And I was so sad. I was like, I was so excited to get to photograph him. And then um, it ended up coming to an end, but it's okay. <laughs> I suppose you'll have to settle for Russell Wilson. <laughs> you know, um, that, and that's the exciting thing about sports is, you know, you never know who you're um, going to be photographing and how big they could come, uh, how, how big they could become. Definitely. All right. This time I will actually let you go. Abby, thank you for coming on. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Um, we need some kind of like reading at uh, Crazy Carl's or Fuzzies um, sometime. Oh, that'd be excellent. Yeah. I'm always down. <laughs> and then Tana, I'll definitely hit you up. <laughs> Perfect. La, 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 la.